Welcome to Startup Dads, a podcast about the highs and lows of building a business and raising a family at the same time. For more information about the topics we cover on the podcast and other Startup Dads related content, you can follow us on Twitter at Startup Dads Pod. I'm Amrit, co-founder of Hyper Exponential, a tech startup that I co-founded in 2017. It's grown from a two-person team working out of my kitchen to a profitable business with several large clients and more than 20 team members across London and Europe. I'm also dad to Evie, my first child, who was born last December. So welcome to this week's episode of Startup Dads. I'm delighted to introduce Brett Wigdorts to the show. Brett, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what makes you a startup dad? Sure. Um, I started at Charity Teach First about 20 years ago, and now I'm head of Tiny, which is focused on early years. And I have three children myself, uh, two teenagers, a 15 and 13-year-old, and one smaller child who's eight. Amazing. So you've got startups who are relatively late-stage startups, the way I describe them, compared to my 18-month-old baby and my three-year-old startup. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, they've gone to Series B now. (laughs) Indeed. Nearly, nearly IPO stage, indeed. Awesome. So, Brett, I'd like to jump straight in and talk a little bit about Tiny, because it looks like you, when looking at the history of Tiny, you're solving your own problem with respect to childcare. So, can you talk to us a little bit about your personal experiences in your family and how they influenced the setup of Tiny? Yeah, sure. I mean, I really I came to Tiny from a few different perspectives. You know, I've I've worked in education twenty years now, and I've visited uh, hundreds and hundreds of schools, and I just saw so many young children who didn't have a great early years experience um, and who started school unable to learn, unable to play, just not having a really good education experience in their earliest stages and realizing this is a major issue, not just in the UK, but globally, like there's not enough great early years care. Um, With my own children, I saw how hard it was to find good early years care. And, you know, being involved in education, I really wanted people to care for them who who had an education philosophy and really, um, you know, understood how young brains develop. And, And that was a struggle. So it was all this that really led me to start Tiny and think, how can we help people start small nurseries in their homes in a way that really works for the practitioners, gets really talented people focused on the needs of the youngest children, and can create something that can help children really uh, thrive and, and create a great environment for their parents also. Amazing. Yeah, I think there's nothing more motivating, I think, than seeing the problem firsthand. So I suppose looking at the things that you did before that, so Teach First, uh, amazing, you know, very well-known uh, institution, I think. But that being said, Tiny is quite a different business, I suppose. So, you know, can you talk to me about the kind of parallels and lessons you learned between, you know, from things that you uh, experienced in your first business that influenced the direction you took with Tiny? Yeah, I mean, you know, 15 years at Teach First, we really grew it to become the largest graduate recruiter in the UK. And now it's in 60 countries around the world through Teach for mm-hmm. All, this great network. And I think what I really took from it was, first of all, um, that it's all about talent, that Teach First is really about finding uh, the best talent to focus on the needs of children. And um, there's a lot of great people out there who really want to help children. Um, And we saw that at Teach First, and we're now seeing that at Tiny. So really getting those people focused on the needs of children. In my experience from a scaling organization is you need to have a really clear mission of what you're trying to achieve, really clear values, and, um, you know, a really clear strategy of what you're trying to do. So that's something I'd say I took from Teach First. And I think also the sense of possibility that, you know, when we started Teach First, it was 
just me. We grew it massively over 15 years. And when we started, no one thought top university graduates were really interested in teaching in low-income schools. And now, of course, we know, you know tens of thousands of them are. So it's that sense of possibility that you can change lives and, and people do want to make a difference that I brought to Tiny also. For sure. Uh, lots of founders I admire talk about optimism being an incredibly important trait uh, if you run a startup. Uh, and I think you're absolutely right. You know, I think for, in lots of different ways, I suppose, it's influenced the, the businesses that you've built. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, to be, a, to be a startup entrepreneur, you definitely have to be optimistic. So I suppose then thinking about from the other angle, you've started on the journey of building a VC-backed startup with a family of three kids. I think that's got to be, you know, uh, a brave endeavor by anyone's standards. I suppose your kids being a little bit older uh, does make it easier. But can you talk to us a little bit about how you've made that work? Any tips and tricks you've had for balancing startup and family life? Because, you know, they become inextricably intertwined in my experience and it's not an easy balance. No, it's not. It's really hard. Um, you know, I think a few things I learned, especially during my time at Teach First, was, um, you know, to really take some time separate from from your work and, and give it to your family. You know, so no matter where I was traveling, I'd always be home for Friday night dinner and never work on a Saturday and a Friday evening and focus that on the family. I'd always take holiday every year. Um, you know, I'd always carve out time to spend time with my kids and be the football coach or different things. Um, mm -hmm. When my third child was born, I took a six month sabbatical from Teach First and was kind of a full time dad, which was really fun. And uh, I think that was a great experience. Also, at that point, Teach First was big enough, I was able to do it in a really straightforward way. But yeah, you never regret doing things like that, I think. And, and I always really enjoy um, spending time one on one with my kids, like doing trips with them one on one, or even a this past Sunday doing a daddy-daughter day and things. And um, I think that's really fun. Were there any times, I suppose, going through it where, you know, the balance was really strained? Yeah, totally. Um, and I mean, in the end, you can only do this with, at least for me, I, I, maybe there's single parents out there who can do something like this, but I certainly couldn't. And you can only do it with a really great partner. And my wife yeah. is a paramedic. Um, but in the early wow. days of Teach First, she took a few years off and also was a full-time mom and then part-time mom. And, you know, that was hugely important, especially during the early days when we had small children and uh, Teach First was early. Now, now the children are a lot more self-sufficient, so it's a bit easier at this point. Um, but, you know, I think it's impossible to do this without a partner who does a lot of the load. So I, there's no way I could do it without my wife. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that is the uh, the best answer I think one could give is that the unsung heroes in the startup world are the startup, uh, anyone in the, the startup founders or the, the startup teams, <laughs> partners, because you have to be a, a sympathetic and strong and versatile as the entrepreneur themselves, I think. Absolutely. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the relationship between your work. You know, you work in an industry that's clearly very um, tied to the well-being of children. And, you know, there's overlaps between family life and uh, work life. You know, how has your experience as an entrepreneur shaped the way, you know, you go about being a parent? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there is to be an entrepreneur, as you said, you have to have a sense of possibility. You have to be really optimistic. And, you know, maybe that's something the parents do is like give your kids that sense of possibility of, you know, a lot being possible. Um, there's also, I think, the sense of always overcoming challenges and just not being bogged down on the challenge of the day because, you know, any startup founder knows you're going to have a million and one difficulties along the way. And, you know, the secret 
is just keep on plowing ahead no matter what you you know you encounter i think is the difference between failure and success and i think that's a lot of parenting also it's probably very similar um lessons especially as the children get a bit older you know you just have to keep on trying and trying and trying and uh, uh sooner or later you get through yeah indeed trying trying working out what works sticking with that and not doing what doesn't work it's a, a general purpose startup slash parenting lesson are you a budding entrepreneur or just starting out well maybe this podcast is just for you i'm anna flockett editor of startups magazine and our podcast the serial entrepreneur brings you stories journeys and lessons from some of the most inspirational startups and business founders out there Talking to these innovative startups, we delve deep into some of the challenges they face, lessons they've learned along the way, with a sprinkling of inspirational advice. You can find us by searching The Serial Entrepreneur, as in your breakfast cereal, into any streaming service or by going to startupsmagazine.co.uk. So, so as, you, as your kids have got older, you know, have you found, you know, that your work, have they taken an interest uh, in the, the kind of, you know, the uh, your work in a slightly different way, I suppose, compared to potentially what you think it would be like if you were working a more conventional job? Yeah, they definitely have. Um, I mean, I laugh because my eldest daughter was at um, Teach First Training Institutes. Every summer we would go to when they were training the kids. Uh, the, sorry, when they were training the teachers and we used to live there for six weeks. And so I always laugh that she's basically done a, a PGCE, a postgraduate <laughs> of education. Uh, she's not 15. And it's interesting. She's teaching stuff on, on Sunday and she's um, like sort of a camp counselor. She's gotten really into teaching others and things like that. And I think, I think they've seen firsthand um, visiting lots of schools. Also, you know, the importance of great education and there's definitely like things come off on your children that you don't even realize just from what they've seen over the dinner table and what they've seen just going to lots of events and um yeah over the years do you think you can see them being entrepreneurs can they see themselves doing that i don't know yeah definitely well my daughter actually did a, a career test recently in school and i laughed because the three things it said was something entrepreneur economist I think it was management consultant, and those are the three jobs I've had in my life. So uh, she was very embarrassed that her three jobs that they said were suitable for were the three jobs her father had done. She wasn't happy about that. It's funny. Yeah, well, we just had a great, uh, we had Tom Hooper, who runs another EdTech business, Third Place Learning, and he comes from an entrepreneurial family. We're having a great conversation about whether that's the sort of thing that there's a gene or actually just the, the reality of having seen and experienced uh, uh, what it's like makes it very easy to nurture uh, that sure. entrepreneurial spirit. I think a lot of children, you know, end up doing what their parents did just because you see it as a possibility. It's the first thing you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting one as well because I think, um, in many ways, my personal experience is having not seen entrepreneurship as a journey myself. You know, having families who did more conventional jobs, uh, it's definitely great. I think to open the door to that and make sure that they can see it's a, it's a possibility. Definitely. You know, turning the t the question on its head, how does your perspective uh, as a parent yourself affect your work? I mean, I know you've got slightly older kids uh, uh, now, but do you know? Do you have personal motivations even through now as your kids have grown up, thinking about the direction that you want to take with your work? I mean, I think most parents you want your children to be proud of you, don't you? It goes both ways, and you know, so I want them to see things I'm doing that um, you know, hopefully, make the world a better place and that um, help others. And I want you know them to see that's the sort of thing I hope they do in their lives also. So I, I think that's part of it. Um, I think there is the idea of just starting things and 
lots of possibilities and, you know, um, leadership that my children seem to get into also when you see your, your parent do that. So it's definitely, you know, one of the things I'd done, especially to Teach First, was take them to lots of events. I mean, I was involved in Teach for All, um, which was in 50 countries, and I took my children at different points to lots of conferences around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at different school breaks and things. And so they've been to lots of different countries and I always tried to bring at least one child with me. Um, so I think that's been really good experiences for them to see lots of different events all over the world. Yeah, for sure. I think it's one of the amazing things actually about, you know, running your own business or building a business yourself is that you can blend that work and life. And I think it's really important actually keeping the balance uh, as kind of healthy as possible because the reality is there's there's not enough time I said something I say a lot on the podcast is, you know, there aren't enough hours in the day to do all the things you want. And actually by combining the two, it's actually a really great way of kind of not only making the most of the time you have with them, but also trying to inspire them and make them see what you, uh, you know, what your work's about. Especially when they're young. I mean, that's so much fun. Um, now, now that they're a bit older, actually, I try to find ways for them to do a little work around different yeah. things. But, but when they're young, then you can just pick them up and take them with you. And it's, it's really fun. For sure. For sure. So, Brett, I'd like to ask you the question now that I ask every guest. Uh, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from your journey in entrepreneurship that you want to pass on to your kids? I mean, you know, the biggest lesson is always, well, the lessons I always tell people, I, I'd say two, if I could get two. Sure, One sure is thing. it's not about the idea, it's about the execution. And I think people come up with great ideas all the time. But it's it's just the hard work of executing that, you know, is the difference between success and failure. And I think the other thing is just um, there's a whole idea of valleys of death that you always experience lots of problems along the way. And I always think the difference between success and failure is can you overcome the problems um, or do you give up when you, when you encounter them? And I think that's, um, yeah, to me, those are the two lessons I have that a lot more about execution than idea. You know, I think, you know, mm-hmm. great execution and bad idea usually beats bad execution, great idea most of the time. And, you know, no matter what you're doing, how you encounter, how you deal with the problems along the way I think that's the secret for success it's a really valuable point you make actually because I think there's a lot of kind of mythology in the startup world that like having an unfair advantage or having a kind of special idea insight that the world hasn't had is a secret to success but really that's only the kind of starting block right it's the kind of initial kind of that's what sets you on the journey and you're absolutely right the ability to consistently execute it's not so glamorous to talk about that side of things I think but you're absolutely right. It's the, the critical driver of long-term success. Yes. So, Brett, that's been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I'd like to, to wrap up with our regular feature, Startup Shoutouts. Uh, it's where we shine a light on some of the organizations we uh, admire in the startup space. So founders, startups, people, anyone working in the space. Startup Shoutouts. Who's your startup shoutout, Brett? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, there's so many amazing um, people and organizations in the in the startup sphere, and I um, meet lots of them all over all over the place. Um, you know, and I think there's it, it's such a difficult environment um, to do a startup, but yet there's people who have so many great ideas and are really working hard on them. I mean, there's two that we're partnering with at Tiny, focused on the earlier space, and I think there's not enough work focusing on younger children. Um, and we're working with this company, Yoto, with uh, the CEO's name is Ben Drury, who um, has created a really cool, really amazing um, device to help children really listen to stories. And it's, it's an audio device that's, device that's really cool. And then uh, we're also working with Worley and this guy, Nigel Fun, who um, is doing a, a toy, toy share company 
which is, I think, really cool because it reduces waste. And I think, um, you know, children often, you know, like to move around toys a lot, as do our child minders. And mm. I just think these are two really good ideas for the earlier space. And I, I hope more and more entrepreneurs move into the um, earlier space because I think, yeah, there's a lot that we could do with young kids. Yeah, I totally agree. If you've got the startup mindset, you tend to see the startup opportunities in your daily life all the time. And I certainly, you know, my daughter Evie, she's 18 months old. And I, de I definitely, on a you know, reasonably regular basis, I see lots and lots of ideas for, for uh, startups for, I don't know what they're called, but there'll be a baby tech or something, mm. uh, uh, a startup idea. And I totally agree with you. Lots of opportunities to, yeah, help make parents and babies' lives better and better. Definitely, definitely. That's that's a great space, I think. So, Brett, is there anything you want to tell us a little bit about you and Tiny? Anything, you know, that we should be watching out from you? Yeah, we're just really excited, Tiny. We're starting to grow outside London and we're seeing um, hundreds of people wanting to become childminders post-COVID. And I think post-COVID, a lot of people want to start these businesses in their homes. We see uh, lots of parents. and I mean, we'd love to get some dads. We're getting lots of moms. We'd love to get more dads who want to start these businesses in their homes, who want to take care of maybe other children as well as their own child at the same time. Um, so what I'd say is any dads out there have small children, this is a great way to take care of your own children and run a business from your home. Come to Tiny, uh, T-I-N-E-Y, and, and uh, work with us to start a great nursery in your home. We're looking for dads. Brilliant. Well, Brett, look, that's been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Many thanks to today's guest. You'll find links to them and their work in the show notes. It would really help us if you shared the show with a friend or colleague. So if you know someone who might find this podcast valuable, please pass it on to them. If you'd like to connect with me, reach out on Twitter at StartupDadsPod. 